Hey guys, it's Teresa. You're listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. This is the podcast where comedians confess something they've never told anyone before. I'm very excited to have this guest with me today. Um, I know her from New York City. Actually, we both lived in at uh, separate times the same terrible apartment. Oh my god, um, I can't believe She's so believe funny. It. She's a new cast member at College Humor, so check out our videos there. It's Lily Do. Hi, Hello. happy to be here. <laughs> I have your dog on my lap. I yes, feel at home. Excited. Yeah, that apartment uh, was crazy. Actually, former guest John Trowbridge lived with us in there. Yeah, I also found out later that people were afraid to tell me that you guys had just had bed bugs. <laughs> That's right. But I was like, that was not even the worst of my worries. Was it the red earthworm that crawled out oh of the bathtub? Was God, it the gas no. that was left on overnight? <gasps> was it so many things? Oh my God. It I was, lasted three months oh there. Oh my God. It was so bad. I mean, like <laughs> much love to those guys, but um, it was just, and the bed bug thing, I, um, I remember being like, I guess I remember being like, we should probably tell it, but we're like, we just handled it. So maybe like <laughs> it's fine. But I did feel kind of bad about that. To be fair, I never saw a bed bug. I just saw all the other bugs. Oh my God. There were, when I first moved, like you, like, I'm sure this is hard to believe, but you saw it at a better version than when I moved in. Cause when I moved in, the black bathtub was literally black, like covered. And I remember just being like, it was also $600 when I moved in, so I was like... Yeah, and it was like $700 <laughs> when I moved in, but which to me was still a steal yes. for where it was. But then I um, I remember being like, I'll just make do, and then I was like, I cannot shower here. So for the first week, I showered at my old place where I still knew my roommates, and I just took a weekend, and I like s- just went ham and c- cleaned the bathtub, and it was still like... You know, it's still like a dirty bathroom, but then it was like you could see the floor and it was clean. Yeah, but which is crazy because by the time I moved in, it was like back to gray. And when I moved out also, <laughs> I cleaned the bathtub again and I started to see white <laughs> under it again, which is insane. Like I was doing this as I left, like just for them so because I couldn't stand that people were living that like you, that. Yeah, that's... Um, but you lived there for a year, right? Almost a year, This yeah. is like an apartment that had only been passed down from like guy comedian to guy comedian I only lasted three months and then a month after I moved out a pipe burst through the ceiling raining shit water all through the whole apartment and everybody had to move so (laughs) no regrets you got out (laughs) at the right time yeah there I think there was a towel that was there because when I moved out and they're cleaning up for before you moved in I was like getting ready to move out um jzt i think found a towel that was like is this anybody's and it had been there when i moved in <gasps> nobody had touched it and it i don't know how long maybe years had Insane. been there it was just like a hardened <laughs> every so every month you spend in that apartment you lose a year of your life from just oh like l- lead and a- asbestos poisoning oh my god wow we i don't know the kind of shit we why did we put ourselves through that it's just so a crazy. deal just thinking yeah that but that now we're here stupid. i mean like we're both in la you, yes you've got great hair you've got Thank a great job you you too we dog. live in spacious <laughs> apartments with decks like millionaires oh in new god. york <laughs> So I guess it's like believe in your dreams. I don't know. Or move to LA. <laughs> just, just move, move to, to LA. LA. Yeah, just move to LA. Don't if you're even considering moving to LA, just do it. It'll just be way better. If trust you're me. stepping back into your shit water filled apartment in New York that you pay one thousand dollars <laughs> for and you have to walk fifteen minutes to from the train, just move to LA. Just, yeah. Um, but speaking of moving, so you recently moved for a job, but we're talking about like uh, going to therapy a lot on this podcast. Ooh. When you were in New York, did you ever have moments like that you were very anxious or, you know, just felt like you really needed to an outlet. And how do you deal with that when you have days like that? Or you could have it here too. I just, New York, I think is a place that I connect with stress a lot. Oh man. Yeah. Um, I finally started going to therapy like three years ago 
it's just talk therapy and it was great. I was on Medicaid. Uh-huh. So I got to go to therapy for free. Oh, that's and great. then eventually I went twice a week for free. Wow. Twice a week. So there was a lot to unpack there. Insane. Yeah, my therapist suggested it. <laughs> and I also have a weird amount of guilt surrounding it. I'd always feel like I didn't deserve it, which is like its didn't own kind of Yeah, because I'd be like, I'm on Medicaid. This is a public good. Oh, gotcha. You should be you could be, you know, treating like a vet with PTSD or something. And she's like, why don't you feel like you deserve to be here? I'm like, all right, let's get into it. Did you grow up with a lot of guilt? Because I relate to the guilt and shame just growing up in like an Asian American. Yeah, my parents are Chinese immigrants. Uh Um, And also just feeling like mental health obviously is totally stigmatized and admitting weakness is like a flaw or whatever. Admitting needing help is a flaw. Like one time I told one of my parents that they really needed therapy because they really do. And they got so mad at me and they were like, actually, I've never had to go to therapy. So I'm better than you. Oh, my God. That's like, yeah, because that they take that as like an insult as opposed to like everyone should go to therapy. Yeah, as like a sign of strength. I'm like, it's not hard to not go to therapy. It's a lot yeah. harder to navigate the public exactly. health system. We it's way about? stronger. It makes you seem way stronger if you're going to therapy because it's like, oh, you're able to get vulnerable once yeah. a week with a stranger. Like, pretty cool of you. Pretty yeah, cool. yeah, <laughs> it was great. And I will say the first time I did it, and um, it was with someone who was on rotation and she had to leave after six months and she like gave me oh, to no. another therapist in the system who I've stayed with and I still do phone conferences with now oh, cool. in LA. And I was like scared to open up to both of them. I think I like didn't like them for my first month because it's yeah. like a stranger being like, tell me everything. And by the end, I was like, you're my best friend. <laughs> how, how can this relationship I've never end? thought of that as a thing, but you saying that you had these two, because I know in your situation, they, they pass it off. But I just thought like, what if you had two therapists, like parents that both attended to you? I kind of want that. Is this a thing? I, I don't know if it's a thing, but if it's out there, please let me know. Cause I'm, I just realized, I think what I want is, is two feeling, therapists. <laughs> I want two therapists who can like, I don't know. Is this like a threesome therapy session? And I just want two people paying me attention. Yeah. That I in different for. ways. I, I don't mind, but yeah, in different ways with two opinions that I can, you know, yeah. pull for myself if I don't like one opinion. But also, yes. there's something so comforting. I think it's parental, but there's something very comforting, comforting to me about two people paying attention to me and giving me. It's just what more I need. the merrier. You're like, let me get five yeah. therapists. Although five might be too much. That feels like an attack. At yeah. Some, when they're all discussing yeah. you, but two just being like, you know, I really think that you should do this. And then the other's like, I agree. Or no, I think yeah. she did a great I feel job like you too. might spend a lot of time in therapy talking about your other therapy. And then it fully is like a family situation. You're yeah. like, I don't know. Alina told me this. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe I just need to get two people and put them on a group chat. Yeah. And text uh, them and text them. A, th- a psychiatrist and a therapist is pretty normal. That's true. I've gone to psychiatrists, but they tend to always just be looking for, uh, they're, well, I'm, they're always looking for, they, I usually go when I have to, like I'm, yeah. I'm getting sent there. So then they're always looking for something or and like then, to push medication. Yes. Yeah. So there's that, or they're, they're like trying to find out if there's some trauma you're suppressing. And I'm like, I just yes. need a lot of time for you to get to know I me. Know. Like, I don't really want to like, just get straight to like the thing that you want I me know. to say. Um, it's very funny because some. I mean, I do have like a lot of baggage from my family and my childhood, but sometimes my therapist, who's like usually very like s- s- smart and um, observative, will just like make like a I don't know like a psych one hundred and one type <laughs> observations like. 
because your parents didn't and love you're like, you enough. I paying you to do better than this. I'm like, I guess I was talking about improv comedy. <laughs> I'm like, I yeah. guess everything could be about my parents. Most of it is. Yeah, but it is. it does feel very uh, rudimentary when they do that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of rudimentary, I always like to start with a good confession just to start on a positive note. Do you have something good you'd like to confess? Um, yeah, my good confession is that um, I really like my job and it's my first like full-time comedy job and I really had not written that many sketches uh-huh. before I got this job and now I write them every week that's amazing and I feel fine doing it that's so great yeah it's such a it seems like such a great place to work I, I had a similar thing like that at Cracked and it was the first time I felt like I found a home and a family and like was doing the thing I loved and, and that's yeah really exciting yeah, I had always, like, done comedy essentially for free or, like, gig uh-huh. by gig. And then, like, had a few jobs, like, office jobs where, like, uh, everyone is not someone you would ever want to see outside of the <laughs> office. But there's, like, the lines are very blurred here between, like, how much we see each other in office and how much we see each other out. And I really like everyone and the work we do. And it's, like, yeah, when comedy is your job, you can, like, you don't feel, like, that office pressure to be, like, yeah. oh, I can't say cunt or whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. When? Uh, how long have you been there now? I started March 8th. Okay, cool. So like a little over three months. That's or, awesome. Yeah. That, well, congratulations. That is really, that's a great confession. Thank you. Um, and you brought your dog with you from New York? Yes. Um, how that, did you, did you guys drive over? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I don't drive. So anyone, people are always like, ooh, do a cross-country road trip. I'm like, <laughs> that is me asking someone to drive me cross-country. <laughs> Um, I flew her in cargo. She's like kind of just a little too big and anxious to be a fake emotional support dog. (laughs) Um, and I was scared by the stories, but I talked to some friends who had flown with their pet in cargo in like the nineties across countries. And I was like, you know what? This technology has been around long enough. I'm going to do my research, get her in the right carrier, make sure she's healthy, make sure she has food and water and just do it. And then it's a direct flight. And then... Uh-huh. We get there, and it's done. Does someone sit with them? That scares me so much. They're in cargo. Like, literally. But it's, like, there are certain airlines. I flew Alaska. There's, like, an area for. Yeah, okay. which used to be um, Virgin. Yes, okay. Yeah, so they have, like, their own pet program. They they have, oh, like, good. a temperature and, like, air-controlled area oh, for good. pets supposedly how would i know i i don't go there i'm sure they do because that would be a huge lawsuit yeah yeah the only one story that i heard that scared me was the united one but that wasn't was not cargo it was in the the overhead bin and it was just some dumbass i mean i don't know maybe they weren't dumb but like seemed very dumb like for a stewardess steward whoever yeah I don't know if it was man or woman, but whoever was working the airline made them made the passenger put that story is a nightmare because they know not to do that. And then later they they claim they didn't hear that the person said it was dog, uh, a dog in there. And I'm like, how do you miss that? It's a dog shaped carrier. It moves around. And in the articles about it, they're like, it barked the whole flight and then finally quieted it's down in the so last sad. hour. Oh my God, that makes because me so sad. I know I that really stressed me. I mean, the whole plane ride, oh I was so God. I was like. Now I would recommend it to people. I'm like flying cargo is fine because a lot of the, sometimes people freak out. They're like, there's three animal deaths a year, but usually it's like 
a lot of times you don't realize it's because of just like natural deaths. They were like already a sick really or old dog or like a really overweight rabbit. Like a, those count. Like a, a <laughs> rabbit died on one. And they counted it. Um, oh yeah, they're probably yeah. highly stressed. They just yeah. die from fear. I yeah, absolutely. So flying, they ain't gonna cut it. I know my yeah, friend just has rabbit. Keep rabbits. your rabbit to your friend. I know don't she's fly like with she's it. like don't even like make loud sounds around my rabbit. So you're not going to fly with that thing. I did worry the whole time I was flying with my dog jacuzzi that she would, I would Aww. land and she would just be dead, which is like, oh what a way to start oh. a move across the country. Jesus. Just a dead dog Ugh. and me. I fly with my dog now, but only short distances. Cause I think it stresses him out too much. So, yeah. so if I go up to the bay, I'll fly with him, but otherwise yeah. I just get a sitter. Wushu's so small and yeah, floppy, though. You good. can just take him with you. He's very quiet, but, yeah. but he's kind of like, yeah, he flops around. He's not that obedient. Like, he's good when he's, like, calm, but then if I try to walk him too long, he'll just sit down, which is very annoying because if I'm far from my house, I have to pick him up. You have to pick him up. And he's just a little yeah. big where I'm like, my arms are sore. <laughs> I know. My dog is 50 pounds. She is, wow. like, fully. I think I have met your dog because you used to live in a, a loft in Bushwick, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I think I went to a party at your place and met your dog. Yeah, maybe. A long time ago. Um, yeah, inch for inch, we're like, well, we're not the same size, um, <laughs> but but she's as strong as me, and so it's we're pretty evenly matched. That's good. Well, Lily, we've come to this this time of truth. Is there anything you would like to tell me? Oh, I guess I wanted to add to your previous question that I started. Um, taking Lexapro for depression and anxiety late last year. And honestly, all good things from my life since then have come from that. I don't oh, even think I could have been calm enough to apply for my current job if I wasn't on <laughs> medication. Like I would have done it, but I wouldn't have like given myself enough time. Right, the stress to do of, uh, someone the one said like, I think it's like, um, I can't even get the quote right. Something about like the fail. It's not fear of failure. It's fear of success that paralyzes people. Yeah. Cause this idea that you're like, I could be really good at this thing, but then instead of actually trying and then feeling, yeah, like, it's know, like failing before you even get yeah, off the ground. Just don't just, start it until it's too yeah, late. And then yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I just wanted to add that. Well, con congrats. It's always good for listeners to hear when, when things are working like that. Cause I think people, there's a stigma, like you said about yeah. medication and mental health. And even when people, I think that's why I think comedy is really cool because it does put it in a frame where you can joke about it, but there's truth yes. in it. And so it's a little bit more palatable for folks who yeah. um, are I'd, scared to talk about I it. I don't know if this is fair, but I feel like unlike, I think if we were in like finance or something, nobody would be talking about mental health, but in like comedy and entertainment, I feel like it's almost the opposite of stigmatized. <laughs> it's like, glorified sometimes uh -huh. because everyone talks about it and people are like I'm so depressed I'm so I'm manic I'm a, and it made me feel like I did I I shouldn't get help because I don't get um full-on panic attacks and so I was like mm. well I'm I'm manageable you're like comparing yourself to yes I'm see. like constantly I'm like well mine isn't bad enough and it's like it's not about comparing yours to other people's it's just right. like what you have and what you need to like get through your life. Yeah. It's just everybody's body is different yeah. and everybody's mind is different. Yeah. Um, uh, but that wasn't your main confession. That was, no, just, that was okay. not my confession. That was me going that circling back. No, but that was, I'm glad you added that. Um, should I say my confession? Yeah, whenever you're ready. Or we could just talk about dogs. Um, mm, yeah, we could talk about 30 minutes uh, if you want. Should we do a dog <laughs> podcast? A dog cast. Um, my confession is that, I used to read all my boyfriend's emails. 
And you, you asked for like something I haven't really talked about. I was like, part of like being a comedian and also like me being able to live with myself is like, I've gotten over my immense childhood shames Mm -hmm. and I've told almost everything that's weighed on me, but that is one. And I've shared with some people, but I've never told it as a public story or on stage, I think, because I think it's so, (laughs) I feel like a villain for saying that. I, I feel illegal bad wrong well all of that is subjective um but i am curious to learn more about so this is your current boyfriend that you're with now yeah okay oh not no no oh, no, no not my a current past, boyfriend oh no i don't do it relationship. anymore <laughs> oh you just did this in relationships yes for like my first few gotcha how, okay my the big question elephant in the room is how did you did you were you are you a hacker secretly a stuff absolutely hacker? not <laughs> and also to give some background um I don't know how how personal I should get, but there's basically like infidelity like in my mm-hmm. family, which kind of like which like I discovered as sure. a kid, which completely shatters your idea of like safety and yes. monogamy. And so in my very first relationship, my first boyfriend, which was like right after I graduated high school into mm-hmm. my first year of college, he came to visit me in college once and he left his email open okay and then he went back to NYU and (laughs) I I was like he left it out and I was like okay so I searched my name Uh and I found because I also when you feel unsafe you have this compulsive need to like know everything about yourself because it gives you a sense of false control yeah um and so I searched my name and I found a g-chat where he talked about cheating on me no. over the summer oh, and geez. now I, I now I go into a relationship and it's like you can't control the other person's behavior I'm not like I'll only do this if you promise you never cheat on me but when I was you like just don't know yeah, yeah but when I was 17 I was like I haven't been in a relationship for this long because I found out when I was 12 that yeah. like my parents were unfaithful and I just don't trust any and I can't be hurt in that way because I'm not used to being vulnerable right. and I was like I basically got into it being like you cannot which is kind of actually unfair in a way like but I was yeah. like you cannot che- cheat on me and so which I think <laughs> like made him even more like I can never be honest with her about it mm-hmm. but finding that made me addicted to like knowing stuff knowing things sure. so that I wasn't being hurt behind my back well, there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, it's, it's totally normal to uh, want to know stuff. I think um, even the the whole thing with cheating, like I, I like what you said about it, it's beyond your control. I mean, it seems like the therapy's working. The idea, because <laughs> there's a lot of blame that happens when um, you know you find someone cheating. I mean, I was literally just in this a situation like this, but uh, my first thought was obviously I was hurt, but a lot of it was like I just can't control this person. It's nothing to do with me. Yeah. Um, you know, like they're just going to do what they're going to yeah. do if they're like that. And some people aren't even like that. Like in this case, it seems like there was a pattern, but there's some people who've never had that pattern and you just don't know. Yeah. They, they might not be um, trying to hurt you. It's uh, also like when you're 17, there's exactly. not and also a lot of loyalty to each other starting yeah. college. I'm pretty sure. There's yeah. also some sort of like manifestation. I don't think, and I don't put this out there to be like, you're manifesting this type of behavior, but I do think you're drawn to um, people that are similar to your, your first few loves are similar to your like parental love. And so you may not like in that, well, kind of like the way, the way they um, demonstrate love, like you map, you map to like what love should be. Yeah. So if, if there was any sort of like insecure attachment there, you might be drawn to that feeling without even realizing it. And so 
possibly if there's someone who was like likely to cheat, you would have that insecure attachment. Not necessarily, but I, I found that like it took me a while to figure out I was trying to like fix certain things with my relationship with my mom through relationships with um, mm. people I dated and just being able to like rewrite, you know, the narrative. A little I, bit. Yeah, I think I'm trying to like override the lack of yes. love and support and safety that I, f- I felt growing up. And so and I also like didn't have close close friendships mm-hmm. at that point as I do now and I think I was putting w- w- even though I didn't want to putting in a lot of pressure onto my relationships to fill everything the absence of everything yeah yeah so did you say anything to him when you found this or were you more interested in like having the power of knowledge no I <laughs> immediately <laughs> called him out on okay. it and then it and then he like sent flowers which is why I hate getting sent oh, flowers no. also you're like I used to have a joke about that college, like when yeah. I I got two um Christmas gifts from someone I was dating I was like that's how you know they're cheating I absolutely gives you two gifts Flo- <laughs> flowers are for cheaters and for like um women who are into crafting to decorate their own home um and, and then so in my next relationship, I was so spooked by that. Yeah. That here's where you're like, are you a hacker? No, this is what I did. <laughs> I got a keystroke logger. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you know what that is? I Just by the sound of it, it sounds like something that records your keystroke. Absolutely. But I said, oh, my God, because I was like, I would not be surprised if someone I was in a relationship has done that before because I'm like. I was, think I was dating the psychopath. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> well, first, when I was dating this first guy from high school, I got obsessed with this is like when security on Mozilla Firefox <laughs> and were like so bad that you could just go to the settings and be like show passwords, you know? What? Oh, my God. Yeah. You could just go to settings, privacy. Show, and now I think you need to like enter a password to see the passwords or like a thumbprint sure. or whatever. But before it used to just be like, go into settings. Like, do you need to see your passwords? So I would just <laughs> go and truly it became like so toxic and bad. I would like do it all the time and sometimes like even if he like left his dorm room for like 30 minutes I'd be like gotta get on and see if he's like cheating on me again and he'd come back and he'd be like you cannot be doing doing this again I was so addicted to doing it and then in my next relationship did he know you were doing this yes because the first time I found it through his email and then oh oh, this is the same guy yes sorry the first guy oh so you guys didn't break up we broke up got back together okay. in the okay. way that like gotcha. you do when you're like 18 and in college and sure. you talk all the time um and then my next boyfriend I used because I was like I can't wait till I'm on his computer to find <laughs> his thing and then th- that's also how you get caught I was like I just need to be able to read his stuff on my computer so I used a keystroke logger got his password and then would just like read his email and it truly just like I went fucking crazy. And now when I date people, I tell them, do not give me your password. If you need me ever to print something for you or whatever, give it to me. I'll do it, but then change your password. (laughs) I can't, I don't have the self-control to not look unless I create Hmm. this barrier for me. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do relate to that feeling. I've never done something like that, but I've definitely been in a lot of insecure relationships where I've wanted to look or I've just been like, if only I... And, you know, they not to ever place the blame because the only thing I can work on is myself, but sometimes if you're in an insecure relationship and they don't make you feel secure, it does continue that feeling. Like, instead of just assuring you that the reason, you know, they didn't respond is 
whatever but like yeah but they, uh, it's like then you find out they're hanging out with someone yeah. who's a girl and you're like why didn't you say and so then you yes. start wanting to read their text yeah um, but, but so much of that sense of safety in a relationship is about like it's something that you have to work on yourself but also it's about honestly communicating yeah. with each other like even like if i were to like read someone's email having to like just like tell someone you did that and be yeah. open about that versus this um yeah it wasn't even that they were cheating on they were just like someone who had like slept around a lot before but they were also like it was mostly like his college email that i was sure. reading i feel so b- i have not <laughs> done it since this did that person ever find out you did this i told him last year when we met up for the first time in like eight years what did he say since we broke up <laughs> i think he was like startled but also there were <laughs> bad things in his email sure. that i was like do i confront him about huh. this interesting it, it was complicated but um yeah i like lost my fucking mind because i also was taking adderall mm-hmm. and i was reading his email and he was bad at texting. And then I would just obsess over like, he hasn't responded, but, but he is email. sending emails. Oh my gosh. So he is online. That's going to drive you crazy. You just don't need you to can't. know that. And now it's harder because social media, they're tweeting, they're on Instagram. Yes. See their I, yeah. People go through this on yeah. a day-to-day basis now in a more public form. I was just fully in his email. I, I sometimes have, I struggle with this because I, I basically, I had that like, drive for a while I never got so far as to hack anything but I always wanted to know and then I thought I did a lot of work on myself and in my last relationship I was like I'm just gonna be so open so even when I feel insecure I'm just gonna bring it up yeah which I I do still uh stand by 100 percent yes and it just ended up unfortunately I was just in a situation where the person was dishonest but um I still don't think there I, I'm glad I did it this way yeah sometimes, you did the best you could yeah, do sometimes you get betrayed and that's okay but I um like nothing I did would have changed that yeah and you can't blame your yeah but I remember feeling like do I want to be someone who doesn't trust this person or do I just want to be in a safe relationship and trust all the stuff yeah. this person's saying to me because I think the moment I lose that trust, the moment I have to be like, look in an email or like look yeah. through their stuff, then it's already over. Like I know the relationship's over. Like that I, I've already lost trust and I shouldn't be in a situation where I don't trust the person I'm with and I should trust myself. This is dumb, but I should trust myself enough to know when that feeling comes up, that yeah. intuition that's telling me something. Yeah. Um, but you get better over time of hearing that. Cause sometimes you just are like, am I crazy for, you know, and then turns out they did lie and you're like, I guess I should have trusted myself, but yeah, you can trust your instincts. Although I will say I grew up with like really paranoid parents <laughs> who gave me like a really paranoid, insecure attachment style. Mm-hmm. And so it is like, I'm coming from day one with a yeah, lot of insecurity advantage. and, in a way like I shouldn't feed that insecurity by doing stuff like reading <laughs> their emails although I will say there's something to me about like comforting about knowing everything and I'm like once I know absolutely everything yes then I'll stress about it for two years but then I can let it go <laughs> I think it takes a long time for me to really get over something but I do get over things once I know it versus if I don't know something yeah. I'm always wondering about Were what you, I don't Were um, you a good student growing up? No, but okay. I was smart. <laughs> no, I asked that because I was very into school and studying and research, and I have a, I relate to that, but I don't know if it had to do with that. It's maybe not, but... I mean, I'm very good at research. I just was very... I mean, I had to go on Lexapro to be able to, like, 
get things in on I had my own baggage of like just having like type A Asian parents who are like do it perfectly or don't do it at all yeah 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 but I found a lot of comfort in researching like knowing everything there was to know about something and so I feel that way in relationships too like even getting out of a relationship now I'm like talking to exes who've been where I've been and just been like give me the lowdown how long did it take you um when did you find out when did like yes stuff that doesn't and this is also I just have a disclaimer say this is a different situation because I wouldn't do this with a normal breakup there was just I'm not going to get into it but there's a lot of stuff that happened that I was like this is a separate situation that I need like to heal a lot more from but I've been like talking to people and and I do feel better I feel comforted and it it stings because you'll find out more information about like certain lies that I'm like I guess I could have overlooked that but now I know for sure that was a lie during this relationship yeah but there is a comfort in me like let me lay it all out I'm like I just want to see everything all at once and just like see the full picture yeah like freeze you it's like you like scratch at an itch until the scab falls off and then you just like (laughs) leave a scar but it's a scar I don't know that metaphor maybe does not work biologically because basically my point is I'm like if I never get to know I kind of I kind of don't ever relax like I don't think time passes and I'm like I guess that's okay I'm always like what don't I know right but if I know, I, then I get to process it and move on from it, even if it takes a long yes. time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a fine yeah. line for sure. Yeah. My I, question is, what do you do? Because obviously it seems like you've moved beyond this behavior. But what do you do now if you feel that insecurity, if you think something is shady? Um, how do you address it in the moment with your partner? Like, what's the, what's, what would you think is, like, the way to do that without them um, going I, on their back? I really try to deal with it on my own first and have a lot of empathy and try to like step out of like my paranoid pattern of thinking and try Uh to like see the big picture and be like hey they didn't get back to you they're probably not um having um, an affair they're (laughs) uh maybe busy maybe their phone died but then did you say maybe their friend died their phone died you said maybe they're busy maybe their friend died i was like well maybe you know, they're I- a little busy and their friend died and they can't <laughs> talk to me right now but well like <laughs> just a quick little thing about that that is a thing where i used to get insecure about because when you're with people who lie they'll use things like that like oh i had this crazy thing happen and that's why i didn't respond and then and then they make you feel crazy yes. but then when i think about it when i am with someone i trust if something happened un- something unfortunate happens like a family member dies or whatever even though it's really hard to talk to people, like you might take a day or whatever, but generally speaking, I'll still tell them or I'll say, Hey, something really came up. I can't talk about it. I'll explain later. Like there is some level of respect for the person you're with. And so that's why now, like I look back on times when people say like, you know, I had a breakdown or I had this and I'm like, most of the time that's manipulative. If you're with a partner you trust, even if something tragic happens, it there tends to be more communication than just like yeah. a week later. Yeah, no, you're the asshole because you got mad at me for when my mom died. Like that's it's, just shitty. You it's know? really hard not <laughs> to just, um, yeah, like lash out at other yes. people for the things that make us upset. <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, I think it's hard because I think people tend to like fully blame other people or blame themselves. And, and it's what it is is like, we, we, tr- we have to work on ourselves and we have mm-hmm. to try and like change our habits and patterns. But at a certain point, we can't change everything about ourselves. Like right. my past like damages and neuroses like are a part of my like biological makeup. Yeah. And it's like not something I can just like stamp away. So I try to deal with it. But then like if I 
can't get over it. I just like accept it. And so I just bring it up as often as I need to, which is like a lot. And I just communicate (laughs) that with my partner. Luckily, he's like so low maintenance. He just (laughs) does not care that much. And so to just be totally, yeah, like for example, like last night, uh, he had a show we're doing long distance right now which is Mm -hmm. hard and makes me feel crazy um (laughs) and then I I hadn't talked to him really that day so I called him on my walk home from somewhere and he um hung up on it which I which sometimes he does when he's like out after and he's Uh like oh I can't talk right now but he'll always text sure and he didn't text and that (laughs) made me feel insane and so Uh an hour later I was like hey, text me back. And then like another half hour, I was like, hey, text me back. And I called. And then this time it went straight to voicemail. And I was like, oh, his phone died. And he called me back 20 minutes later and was like, hey, I was going to another place. My phone was really low. Um, And so when you called, I hung up and I was afraid to text because I was like, I need enough battery to be able to like call Uh a cab, which like, I believe that. And I have to just believe that. And that is helpful I was in a full-on panic for the three hours before that. And I almost can't help that. I, like, tried to deal with it. I was like, be rational. (laughs) Okay, it is is not cool. It is not helpful. Also, I feel like for a long time I tried to be cool and chill and, like, pretend, like, oh, I'm actually okay. And it's so much easier to just, like, admit, like, I am high maintenance in this way. In so many other ways I'm not. But in this way, my mind goes into free fall and I'm like – I'm like people in my like my dad maybe has a second family it's like bad it's like so I'm like what is happening and then we just talked about it and I'm like in the future just like if you have to hang up on me just like text me a quick like phone about to die so I'm just like okay even that would help me a lot and then like use someone else's phone to call an (laughs) uber which like he did not even think of right um, but I'm no, like, but it's good that you are able to ask for what you need because yeah. and I, I think it s- speaks highly of your partner that um, they're able to be like, let me give you what you need because someone who you trust and it has secure attachment, like you said, even if you're high maintenance, like it's there's no, it's no problem. It's like if the person that I love is like telling me like I'm freaking out because I love you so much and I'm scared that to lose you. It's like, okay, well let me assure you that you're not gonna lose me. Yeah. But it only becomes a problem when this person's trying to make you feel that way. And sometimes they or do. They, and if they people do that, do, they're People bad. get <laughs> mad at you for sometimes just being the way you are. And it's like, I am working on this yeah. the best I can. I am already medicated and breathing <laughs> and going for a walk. Everything else is the stuff that is just a part of me and mm-hmm. will not maybe ever go away. Yeah. Yeah. But that's good that you're able to communicate that. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think it always, especially if you've grown up paranoid, it's always like interesting trying to find the line of like, I feel this thing, is this paranoid or is this a normal thing to bring up? Yeah. But I I think now I always err, or I guess going into whatever my next thing is, if I ever find a next thing, I'm happy alone. You will have a next thing. No, and I don't say that as like, (laughs) I'm going to die alone. I just say that as meaning like, I want to clear up my point in life is not to find the next thing you know I'm like very happy alone as well and I can provide all those things for myself but if I do ever end up you know dating again I think um I'm gonna be even stronger about bringing up things when I feel paranoid because I think this is like trusting your instincts and then if you're wrong then you can have a fun laugh about it yeah and that's fine and and you also and it's tough you also have to find the right partner who can meet you at that place who's ready to communicate I think I lucked out because my boyfriend is like 
has like <laughs> been in therapy since he was like six years old uh-huh. has like that kind of like liberal wealthy parent uh-huh. so he is just so okay yeah with dealing with emotions and stuff but I've certainly had like all my other exes have not been right which has made it harder yeah going to therapy is so important because it just yeah it's like you're looking within like how do you expect to uh, you don't have to be perfect yet everybody's still working but you're not even trying yeah it's like how do you expect it's like trying to play basketball but not going to the gym at all like they're two different things but if you're not working on your body at all and you just want to play games like yeah or you just you want your game to get better yeah Yeah. that's crazy um yeah mental health is a game and you can't beat it (laughs) (laughs) and you can pick teams yeah you can wear jerseys it does really feel like training because i've had conversations in the last few years where I've literally felt like some of them are very strenuous on my mental health because some of them are, you know, somebody, you know, testing me or gaslighting me. And, uh, I've noticed like going to therapy has helped me have those tools. Like I feel like armed for battle when I go into those. Cause I'm like, all right, well this is a bad situa- situation, but I'm here. And I, instead of like falling apart, I know how to speak my, what to say and say what I need to say. And then if that person is still acting a certain way, then maybe it's time to get out of here but I don't walk away thinking like, oh no, I lost. Like I usually go and being like, I got all the tools, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can hand, I could talk for hours. I got three pointers. I got you can gaslight shots. me for hours, bitch. Um. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think when I started therapy, cause I grew up so much thinking like I was bad or wrong and needed to be fixed. And I wanted so badly to like change and be better Uh and be different and I even remember walking out of therapy like a session like a few months in and being like oh this is not about like changing and fixing every part of myself but so much about just like accepting and being okay with the way I am and managing yeah Yeah. and some of that just like cannot change yeah that's true it's just about learning who you are and how to um cope better yeah um did you and your parents ever talk about uh I mean not I don't we don't have to get too into it but I guess now that you go to therapy did you ever like confront them about some of the stuff that happened or is it generally like I mean it's weird I basically get like gaslit by my parents nonstop mm-hmm. when I'm at home I I talked to them about it as a kid even yeah. eventually and they were basically just like no you're <laughs> not they're like no the the thing you clearly saw does not exist oh my god <laughs> I, it's like a Mandela effect thing I'm like am I in an alternate I universe? think that's a part of the culture but I do yeah I do think that's something that uh, culturally, maybe Chinese people need to work well, on. Well, this is a fun game that I play sometimes with other um, Chinese, like, childhood friends of mine that I know yeah. who knew my parents, and I have to be like, hey, are my Chinese parents extra crazy than your <laughs> Chinese parents? And they'll be like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Because I have to be like, is it just Chinese or is it my parents? Like who is, yeah, I know what you mean. I'm like, is it cultural or is it my parents? Because yeah. there's a lot of cultural stuff. And also they both survived the cultural evolution. Uh-huh. And that's just like a generation of traumatized sure. people. And so much stuff that they're, they're, so much emotional baggage they're carrying. But then there's the way that stuff comes out yes. from them. And I'm like, There's human okay. stuff and then there's, yeah, no, I yeah. know what you mean. I, I guess I was referring to the idea of like kind of sweeping things under the rug or not talking about it. Oh, absolutely. That's very, to go away. This, that's but, very, yeah. um, Asia. I've heard I stuff like that, like, for Chinese um, just on, like Mother's Day, for all of Mother's Day, 
my mom does listen to this sometimes. So if she is, mom, I love you. Um, but I also told her that I just have to talk about what I want to talk about. <laughs> so it's up to you if you want to continue listening. I'm going to talk about you. So if you don't want to listen, maybe turn it off. But um, she just like ignored us all day. And we talk regularly. It's not like we are not on speaking terms. I We had sent flowers and um, tried calling, group chat, texting, started getting worried. Uh, midday, I talked to my dad. He said she was on a walk. And I was like, okay, tell her to call me back. I'm starting to get worried. Nighttime, yeah. nothing. Called again. Started to like panic, full on panic. Whoa. Because um, when I lost my brother, they like lied about some of the stuff. And I think they were trying to protect us, but I was going into panic mode of like, yes. I need to hear her voice like right now. I need to yeah. hear her voice and know she's okay. Yeah. And, uh, and I kept saying that to my dad. So he understood. And he goes like, I know, I know, but she, now she's out at dinner, but she's okay. And I was like, I just need, so I freaked out. Still didn't hear from her until... Oh, I, at one point, my mom texted my sister and said, driving, very short. So I was like, she's either mad or, like, upset or something's up. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, okay, she texted. But then the crazy part of my brain was like, it could be my dad texting on her phone. That's how I felt last night, literally yeah. last night. Like, Three hours, I'm like, <laughs> they're fucking someone else or they are in a car accident yes, or like, they are dead. I felt, like, so crazy. And then... Um, Same with your mom. You're like, she's fucking someone else or yeah, she's, like, she's dead. Like, she's having an affair. <laughs> she's Like, she was acting like <laughs> a boyfriend cheating on me. I was like, you're going to break up with me, mom. Um, but then the next day, I finally talked to her on the phone and she just kind of acted like nothing happened. She was like... I called her. She p- finally picked up and was like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm at work. And then I was like, what happened? Well, emotions just aren't prioritized, yeah. which is kind of gaslighting because you're like, I feel like this and this is important to me. And they're like, no, it's not. It's crazy because I had to be like, I was so worried. And and then she just said, I'll send you an email later. And I never got an email. So it was very much just like, I'll just say a thing now to make. And then eventually I was like, well, I'm just going to assume that she had a bad day and didn't want to talk to us. But I still feel like that was just straight up like, we're never going to address that. Okay, cool. Yeah, (laughs) I was never allowed to have like, it's so funny. I now I'm like pretty expressive with my emotions but I was never allowed to really like have emotions as a kid because it would just be like you're being unreasonable (laughs) you're being crazy why are you so extreme or like if I got mad which I get mad at them on they're like whoa we don't know where we went wrong when we raised you (laughs) which is like so extra loaded I mean I turned out fine so now I feel a lot more forgiveness and empathy but coming right out of high school going to college get it i had so much pent-up resentment and rage and honestly having distance from my parents was the first time i was able to have empathy for them Mm -hmm. because i can see that like they very much do care in their own way i'm their only kid and they want me to succeed and do well and not have a bad life but it all just and and that's like you know, th- theoretically, but then once we're in the same room, it all comes out as like weird stuff that indirectly or directly hurts me from them trying to control yeah. my life to just like the mean things they say. I feel like I, I agree too. I mean, I love my parents. I have a lot of empathy. And I think what I've come to accept is that they just didn't have the tools to love me the way I like needed to be loved. And yeah. so now uh, accepting that it's like, it's not that they didn't love me. They just didn't have the tools to do it yeah. in the way that I needed. Not even like right or wrong. I, you know, yeah. I don't want to put any. Yeah. Sort of it's also confusing to be your, are your parents immigrants? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's confusing to grow up in the cultural crosshairs sure. of like parents with like Eastern values in a country with like Western values mm-hmm. because it's not like, 
all Eastern values are wrong and all Western values are right, but we kind of get brought up in one method and then at school and with our friends, we see sure. one other, another philosophy and we, we do, I just like, I didn't know like <laughs> yeah, what to like, believe what? or think. Is it like pursuit of productivity or is it pursuit of personal happiness or yeah. what is it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's no right answer. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Um, I absolve you of your, uh, any guilt you feel about. Oh my God. Thank you. I did not know this was a, when you said (laughs) confession, I did not know it was like a confessional, like talking to a priest. That is, I mean, I am sort of like a religious leader in certain circles. Um, (gasps) no, uh, it feels great to be able to fuck up and just be absolved. absolved. You're going to heaven. I, I said it. Um, We do have a quick game. Do you want to play? Yeah, let's it's do it. It's sort of a... Okay, so this is a game. I, I sometimes go on Reddit and find stuff. So this is a Reddit game. Great. I didn't come up with a good name. It's called <laughs> Ultimatum Deliberation. Okay. So I just went into r slash relationships, which is the Reddit for relationships. Right. And this is all about ultimatums. So, you know, I, I, I think I thought of this because um, I was just thinking your confession was sort of about relationships and like trying to catch somebody doing something. And I certainly gave a lot of ultimatums in my yes, insecure I day. I totally see that. Then yeah. that's the thing that happens when, when you're insecure, insecure. It's it's all or nothing. It's yes. like you have to do this or nothing it's at a Halsey all. song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so and I don't do very well with ultimatums because I am a Libra Mars. I don't know how much how L.A. you are. You're only three months in, but you'll know what that means soon enough. Mm, um, so basically, no. no, you'll you'll figure it out. Um, but basically it just means I have a problem negotiating because I'm always thinking about the other person's feelings. I see. So I don't really give ultimatums, um, but ultimatums come up a lot in relationships, yeah. you know, like her or me. Ryan Gosling or James Marsden. Um, I don't know anyone else or James Marsden. He's always the guy who nobody picks in movies. Oh, but isn't he the prince in... um, He might be, but I feel like he's always... That musical with Amy Adams. Oh, Ever ever After. Well, I I guess he got a princess after all. Yeah. He's too fake looking. He he's very like fake. He looks like the guy that you're supposed to want to be with, but then you pick yeah. the like rougher guy. Anyways, all this is to say, I'm just going to basically read an ultimatum that someone posted about on our relationships. And uh-huh. then you just tell me if what you think. Uh, so they're usually coming from the person giving it. So okay. say what you would do in the situation. Okay. Um, also, not all of these are good situations. So it's also okay to say like, this is a shitty thing to do and the whole vibe up and I'm going to find them and I need to really have a talk with them. So it's okay to be like this whole vibe is bad and you shouldn't be I get over invested in people's relationships. I'm like that is (laughs) fucked up. We got to go talk to them. You'll enjoy this subreddit. Um, Okay. So this one and I'm shortening them. If you want to see the whole post, you know, you guys can Google it. This one says me 32 female with my husband, 39 male, six years, our sex life disappears Disappeared. He swears he's attracted to me, but I'm not sure what to believe or do. So she, after a long deliberation, she decided that she's going to give him this ultimatum. Um, basically say he needs to either get his medical stuff tested, see someone psychologically, or go to couples counseling. Do you think this is a fair ultimatum? And what would you do if you're in this situation? God, I mean, I guess I'm realizing now this, the structure of this game is flawed for me because I don't think people should be giving ultimatums. Mm, I see. Um, I think they should. Well, what do you think she should do? What, 
I think they should. should I mean, I think couples therapy is a great option. I think she should talk to him about it first. I mean, I'm sure you've talked about like Esther Perel and stuff on here. Oh, no, we actually haven't. Oh, but like about like like long term relationships are hard because like they're both your functional partner and your best friend and somehow Mm. supposed to be your romantic partner. (laughs) And there's supposed to be space for like desire and surprise. And and it's just too much. And so I'm like, I think it makes sense that they don't have a sex life anymore. But then there's probably lots of stuff in their relationship they have to evaluate and talk about. They should talk about it. Couples therapy. I agree. Ultimatums are generally bad because if you're at that point, you're not communicating enough. Because then you're like, I've got a whole slew of evidence. And you're like, you should have brought that up one by one. Yeah, rather than like, unless the ultimatum is like, we have to have a conversation about this. But I do think, so I do think couples counseling is good. The longer version I won't get into, but what happened is this guy was a bit avoidant. So I think he probably wanted out of this relationship and he was avoiding talking about it. So um, she ended up having to give him this ultimatum to get him to admit he wanted out, which is kind of shitty, but it seemed like the only way because he was just like kind of going to float through the marriage, just not having sex with her, probably cheating, honestly. That's wild. But that situation could be any, that situation doesn't make me immediately think he wants out. That just makes me think like there are so many people who love their partners who just, I think it's good to bring that up, but not as an ultimatum. I've been in a situation like that where he was cheating, but I didn't know that. And I brought it up and I said, I, we hadn't, hadn't been having sex for a while. And I just said, Hey, is everything okay? Yeah. And uh, we talked about it and we had a good conversation. He didn't tell me he was cheating. Later, it made sense. But I still felt like I did the right thing because, you know, you got to just bring it up. It's so funny. I'm a little obsessed (laughs) with bedroom death because I hadn't been in long term relationships for a long time. Mm. And then I was in a four year one. And then now I'm in a two plus year one. And I know it just is a real thing that happens in all of them. And so I'm so obsessed with like avoiding it and like Uh measure and and da da da. And that like, but I think that can be backfire sometimes. Yeah. But if you're just constantly communicating and you're both loyal, generally you can work through, there's always going to be ups and downs in like a 50 year marriage, obviously. Um, Okay. This one says my 22 Oh, so she's 22 female. Her boyfriend, who's also 22 male, wants to stay friends with his flirty one that got away. Basically, they still keep in contact. They never dated, but she would ghost him and lead him on for years and years. Um, She read some of her texts. They're mildly flirty. One night, she came up and started making playful sexual advances on him in front of me at a bar, straddling him, kissing his cheek, rubbing her hands. Straddling him? him? Yeah, that is I, not playful. Straddling <laughs> is literally <laughs> full on sexual. Uh, yeah. When I eventually got up and left, sex. he followed me immediately, feeling sad, but continued to text her later that night. And I know I will continue maintain. And I know they will continue maintaining their relationship. So this poster wants to know: Should she give him an ultimatum to stop talking to this girl? So once again, I think they should have a conversation about it. Um, I think there's lots of reasons, like people maintain, like. <sighs> really oh everything should just be talked about everything is nuanced (laughs) it sucks but it's true um 
because it's like I also get like very jealous and insecure and it's like yeah in a dream world he just never talks to her again but uh-huh. but that's a bad relationship if you're yeah. dictating who your partner can talk to what you need to really talk to him about is like well what are you getting out of like still having this kind of relationship with her and honestly what he should do is like op- honestly communicate with this girl to stop um straddling him yeah I think that's I've been ta- I've talked to friends who've been in situations where the ex girlfriend keeps texting and I my friends who are very secure will be like I just talked to my boyfriend and said I don't care if you text but like he doesn't want to but then she'll be like well just why don't you tell her that you're with me and as soon as the guy gets involved and is like I'm with my girlfriend now the girl immediately backs off because she's like yeah. oh she's in on this and I now it feels like home wrecky yeah when they know that the guy is like hey don't flirt with me in front of my girlfriend then then it's like oh I'm not getting yeah like, I'm not getting something out of this yes the problem is because people don't communicate it it starts to get weird and he starts to feel like oh this is this like escapist thing where he can have it all he can have the girlfriend right. and because it feels good to be wanted by anyone even outside yeah. of your relationship but you just need to set the boundaries that yes. make them respect the boundaries yeah and i would say they're 22 so i feel like this guy is maybe not being fully honest about yeah his intentions either so i don't know but um okay i'll do one more let's see okay there's one let's do this mother one yes um haven't talked to my mother in months because she's always put she always puts her new husband first and our interactions are always meaningless and superficial she's wondering what's wrong this is the shortened version of it. Um, do I go no contact for good or reach out? The longer version basically gets into how this relationship is not very good. It's kind of toxic. Like still, a, you know, she's still her mom, but yeah, she's basically cut her out because she's just like a toxic person, but she's still her mom. So she's like, what should I do? Yes. I do think reach out and try to communicate with her, but also I don't think it's wrong if you reach your breaking point and the other person has to be willing to change and work on things that's why I'm like talk about things go to mm-hmm. couples counseling whatever there should be parent child counseling co- family oh I mean there is family counseling nobody's nobody ever does it it's I'm, only after like severe trauma yeah and we all live in like separate places we're all <laughs> too like there's no like community um but um uh it's also okay if it reaches a point where someone is not willing to work on it and improve things to truly cut someone toxic out of your life, even if it is a parent and yeah. stuff, which feels really hard, but I know people have done it and it just is necessary. Yeah. I think that's so tough. Cause I'm someone who wants to maintain a relationship with my parents, no matter what. But I, um, I do think like, yeah, you can set your boundaries. If what you want is like, what are you getting out of it? Is it just to have a nice holiday? And if it's never nice, then don't do it. But if you're like, well, maybe I'll just say Christmas only. Yeah. I'll come home for Christmas. That's how much time you get with me. So make it count. And then don't text me the rest of the year, you know? Yeah, it's it also de- toxic, it depends know? on, yeah, like, how much it affects you. If you're able to, like, I, I'm i able to, like, compartmentalize so much of my childhood trauma, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. a problem. But <sighs> so now I'm able to, like, yeah, I'll always be able to, like, pretty much maintain a relationship with my parents, I think. But I uh, severely limit my contact with them and, like, only go home for, like, one holiday. Yeah. And then, like... Yeah, set your That's boundaries. It. Yeah. Do not go on I do not go on family trips. That is like <laughs> my fast hard rule. I'm like that is a thing I really and I'm like the only way in which is it's okay is if I bring a partner as a huge emotional a buffer. buffer literally oh as someone that I emotionally hide behind. That's so funny. Um, well, I, I sorry this game didn't get that fun and it was more heavy. Um, some of them are more just advice. <laughs> is it, 
I'm sorry. Sometimes is this a, you know, sometimes was this supposed to be light and fun? I no, realized we so talked about such I think that heavy my, they're dictated stuff. by my moods and I definitely feel in a heavier mood. But sometimes they are just like jokes. Yeah. And sometimes they're this. So I, I do apologize for that. Um, but I thought I do not apologize. I think we <laughs> talked about some good things and um, soak that shit up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly what Lily said. Um, well, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at Lily D and on Instagram at Lily underscore D because the Twitter <laughs> one was taken. Although I feel like I got some pretty good ones. Um, uh, and they can see me in college humor videos, maybe at a show in L.A., but maybe not. Maybe in my apartment if I invite you over, but not if I don't. Yeah. Boundaries, guys. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much for coming on the show. You can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod on Instagram and me at Larissa T. Thanks for having me.